It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Woo Nation Uncensored. I'm Mark Madden, and I'm going to start this week's episode with a little Marilyn Monroe tribute. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, 16-time world champion. Happy birthday to you. Nate, last week you turned 73. Did you ever think you'd make it to 73? Nothing. How'd you do it? I wasn't sure after the, after the uh, Friday night I was going to make it to the day. <laughs> you, you had a good birthday weekend then, huh? T- tremendous, yes. Well, I've referred to you as the greatest athlete on God's green earth, and I sincerely <laughs> do believe that. But, but we talk about other sports all the time on this program. What sport do you think you could have made it in had, had you not turned to wrestling? Uh, I, I had, if I was, remember I was two inches taller before the airplane crash. If I had a chance to play anything, it would have been football, but I was too small. Well, you were a scholarship player at Minnesota, however, briefly, correct? I was a, I was a, um, what do you call it? I was, I was eligible for a scholarship if I predicted. So you were a recruited walk-on? Like you come and you earn it, and they give you a scholarship. No, I was more than that. I was um, you. It, I, they committed to me if I predicted a grade point at the end of the first year. Okay. To give me a scholarship, yeah. Did, but you, did you, you couldn't play, you couldn't play as a as a freshman back then anyway. Did Did you make the grade point average? No. Okay. I, I I couldn't make it through summer school. I left. Any regrets? Not if I look back on it now, no. At that time, I thought, gosh, what have I done to myself? But summer school, oh, I lasted one week of a six-week deal. That's all I needed to do was finish six weeks. But Well, let's say things have worked out pretty good for you. Now, Actually, we, talk, we, we talked about your training last week. How's your health? How do you feel at age 73? Fantastic. 
Never better. Well, expand on that. I mean, are you surprised, shocked? Uh, what's good? Well, what's good is the fact that I've, you know, I was supposed to be, I was dead four years ago for a couple hours. And then, um, you know, everybody knows that story. And then um, since I've been down here, I trained with John Cena's trainer, Rob. Uh, if I'm not traveling at least four days a week, which is a, which is a lot because it's very intense. So I, I weigh 223, which I need to be like under 225. Um, and I, I spend a lot of time taking care of myself. I spend a lot of time having... I don't, I, I've always eaten well. That's not my issue, but I like to drink and have fun. So, but this place provides the best of both. And buying that boat was the greatest breath of fresh air I've ever had. I just go out in the water and it, it's so much fun, so relaxing. Um, I mean, I, I think water and um, all the fun that, you know, presents and the opportunities that they present by being out in the water and just, but actually, Mark, I just go from bar to bar on the boat. <laughs> How much fun is that? Oh, it's got to be the greatest. I, I, I've seen the bars on the water oh, in Tampa. They're incredible. They're, they're incredible. Absolutely incredible. People are so nice. I mean, Tampa is really a, just a wonderful place to reside right now. How many of your ex-wives did you hear from on your birthday? Did any of them call? No. Okay, so what's a good birthday now? Let me wish you once again a very happy birthday, Nate. You are a national treasure. May you celebrate many more. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I hope so. Every day, it's not a given, but um, you're getting back to what I said about my health. I'm, uh, I mean, I've got friends, as you know, you know who they all are, the, the hip replacements, knee replacements, shoulder replacements, back injuries, and for some reason that... 73, I'm older than all of them, probably by a year or so. Um, I've, I've remained really healthy aside from that scare I had, which was big time four years ago. I feel, I feel absolutely great. Now, uh, we're going to talk about a gentleman who's even a bit older than you. There's a report that Pat McAfee and Vince McMahon will have a match at WrestleMania. Vince is 76 years old. Uh, they haven't announced anything yet. I think Vince is going to be on Pat's radio show this week. But Vince in the ring at 76, that seems almost impossible to believe. No, it does not even know. He's fit as can be. I'm sure right now, and I'd be, I would be remiss to say, I, I bet he can still squat between 450 and 500. Wow. And leg press a lot. I don't know if he does squats. I know he does heavy leg presses. He probably can bench press. I bet right now I haven't I haven't talked to him about training for a while, but I bet he can probably you know there's not a day of the week he can't bench press three hundred pounds. So you're not concerned about him uh having problems physically, whether cardio, you know, hurting, you know, breaking something, you're not concerned about him in the ring at age seventy six. You know, you know, he he lives he lives um well first of all I think it's great that he's doing it. Number two, he's making a statement for all of us that are older. Um, I actually, as I've said to you before, I can wrestle right now too, but I've got blood thinners as a result of that blood clot. So that kind of eliminates me from wrestling. Um, I mean, I can get off him for a couple of days if I had to get in shape, but I would never look as good as he does. Uh, since I was sick, my 
my physique is just zero, but Vince is always in immaculate shape. And, uh, he, Pat Backup, he's a hell of an athlete. As I said before, Pat, Pat Backup, he can work it. That NXT match, I still can't get over. So I think with Vince and Pat, it would be, I know I'll watch it. I'll be excited. No, I'm excited for it as well. I can't help but wonder, though, and maybe this is the best path for it to travel. Maybe it becomes a tag match, Nate. Maybe it winds up being Pat McAfee and Steve Austin against Vince McMahon and, I don't know, Kevin Owens, maybe Austin Theory, who was Vince Vince's protege uh, on TV. Uh, I think a tag match might be the way to go because that way Austin, you know, who hasn't worked in years, has kind of a limited uh, duty as well. Uh, it you know it could be I don't know I mean I I probably could ask and find out but I'm just I kind of am excited I'm watching a show each week I watch all the shows and I I think the build up is great I think WrestleMania is going to be huge you and I'll be out there Mark for all four days I'm signing autographs up at WrestleCon on Friday and Saturday and then you and I have the podcast Friday night at Fishbones and then we have that big signing on a uh, Sunday afternoon and. uh this is really stacking up to be a tremendous WrestleMania. Now, uh, as you mentioned, Pat McAfee has had a couple wrestling matches. He did a War Games in NXT. Mm -hmm. He had a singles match with Adam Cole. And both those matches were really quite amazing, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I was shocked. Yeah. He, he, made, he, made, a lot of, he made a lot of the rest of the talent <laughs> take notice. That's the kind of way of putting it. Well, yeah, I, I think so, too, but it's important to note not just anybody could step in there and do that. Absolutely not. That is a, if they could, where are they? Well, that's right. Why would, why would, if you can make a million dollars or make two or three, which I'm sure they're going to pay Pat, maybe, maybe three, who knows? Then do it. Show us. Quit talking about it at home. Quit hiding behind some bullshit name and don't say you could do it. And don't be critical of what they're doing. Do it. No, I, I agree, and... Uh, you know, I've always kidded Pat his whole career because I always say he's only a punter, but he's a pretty good athlete for a punter. He's Hell got yes the size. He he's Hell got yes the, he is. He's got the look, too. And and, and, and Pat has that wrestling attitude, doesn't he? He's also got the interview skills. I love it. Yeah, Pat could be right in the business right now and be, I would say, fairly successful, if not real successful. Oh, I think he could. I'll go one step further. I think if he did it all the time as opposed to announcing, I think he could be a top guy before too long. Well, I'd have to see that. I'd have to see him wrestle a guy like Orton or AJ Styles first. But I mean, did, I mean, I think he's. I think I'm gonna. I'll have no problem saying he's a hell of an athlete and he's very entertaining. He's great in the mic. He brings a huge amount of energy to the show. I I love him. Now, you had a street fight with Vince McMahon in 2008. What was that like? I seem to recall that going pretty good. I saw some highlights on YouTube. It was fine. It was good. That was horrible. You think so? Yeah, I wasn't ready for it. I remember I went up, I went there um, with the idea that I would never wrestle. I, I was guaranteed I'd never wrestle. And Mark, I had no, I had no self confidence. It was horrible. Oh man, you've always been your own worst critic, but but I disagree. I thought it was all right. I mean, that was that was your that was a career threatening match. That was part of the last run, right? No, no, no. That's way before that started. That, that I ninety I, the the. 2001, we did that in, at Royal Rumble in 2002, and uh, that, that career-ending uh, thing started in 2008. But you wrestled Vince during the career-ending thing, right? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. 
See, that's what I'm talking about. That was pretty oh, good. That match, that match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that was bad. That was better. Yes. I mean, what's yeah. it like being in there with the boss, a guy who knows more about wrestling than anybody, doesn't often wrestle. He's always acquitted himself well. You're the best of all time. How do you prepare for that match? What do you talk about with him? Give me some background on that one. Well, it's just a thrill for me. I mean, you know, I, I don't take anything. I didn't, I didn't take anything for granted back then because everything that was given me was a gift. Um, he's fearless. I mean, it's not like you're talking to a, a kid that's never been in a ring. He's fearless. He said, hit me as hard as you can. <laughs> and then I jumped off the top rope onto the table on him. <laughs> so, who knows? It was great. It was great for me. I mean, I, I think he enjoyed it. He always told me he did. So, um, you know, it's hard to believe that he was thrilled to work with me, but <laughs> it was very, it, I was thrilled to be working with him. Obviously, my God, that was a, that was one of the most unique things I think you'll ever see happen to a, an older wrestler on the way out to have that, that, that streak that I had where, I mean, and, and I think people watch it too, but I remember the ratings were always good and, it was fun, and um, you know, anytime you get involved in a storyline that he has any part of, it's always going to be the main event level of the storyline. Well, his track record in that regard speaks for itself. I mean, for years on camera, he was quote unquote just an announcer. Yeah. And then he became the first evil owner. He should have been the last evil owner because that's the only time it's really, really worked. And his feud with Austin changed the business. That that took the momentum away from WCW and really reestablished WB as number one again, didn't it? Absolutely. Oh my God. I mean, I sat there watching. I cringed because I knew, <laughs> you know, if you know Vince, you know, he's not going down. He's not going to go down easy. So he cinched it up. Steve, Steve came along at the right time. And I, and I, I, I can't imagine, um, I, I mean, I, I could never imagine them getting beat. I mean, I, I never thought for a second Vince would give up, and they didn't. And, uh, you know, the arrogance, the arrogance of the WCW crowd, the arrogance of the management didn't realize who they were talking to by any means. Now, one last thing about Pat McAfee before we move on. I mean, we talked about him in the wrestling ring. We've talked about him as an announcer. But he has a very highly regarded radio show that just signed a $120 million deal with the with an online sports book. He really is a phenomenon, isn't he? Yeah, I did not know about that. Um, I, I have listened to his podcast a couple of times. I like, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of Barry Rogers, as you know, but um, I didn't know about that, no, but I'm, I'm happy for him. Couldn't, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Well, I got to tell you, here's, here's what tell you all you need to know about Pat. And I've known Pat since he was in high school because when I coached hockey, I coached a few kids that were, in high school with him at Plum High School, and he used to come to the games. And uh, Pat brought all those guys along that he went to high school with to work his show with them. And when he got that big deal with the sports book, he gave them each a quarter million dollars catch, every one of them. Well, that's fantastic. Wow. Well, I know he flies private. I like that. <laughs> that that's that's a big deal for you, isn't it? If you fly private, you're you're in the nature's class, aren't you? I flew private Saturday to a signing in Jacksonville. <laughs> you think I'm getting up for my birthday party and driving 250 miles? You're crazy. <laughs> now, uh, once again, Nate, wrestlers are on the move. Uh, Jeff Hardy says he's going to AEW. That's no surprise, but that's going to have major impact, isn't it? Absolutely. In my mind, Jeff Hardy is one of the top 
still one of the top stars in the business. Now, how would you use him when he gets there? Is there more value with him and Matt as singles or as a tag team? Well, Matt's involved in that really interesting storyline I like about myself with uh, with Andrade. So I don't know if you if you break that up or not, or they've done well as a tag team. I think there's what makes it so nice is they can do both. I'd bring Jeff in as a single right now rather than put him with Matt um, and get a little a big run out of Jeff as a single. Then you can put him back together. You can turn him. I mean, Je Jeff is a very, very talented young man, guys. Very talented. You guys know that. No, I 100% agree. And I agree with your, uh, your plan too, Rick. I would bring Jeff in as a single initially. Mm -hmm. I'd leave Matt doing his thing with his gang, with Andrade. And then you could always put Jeff and Matt together later yeah. on. I mean, can you see Jeff and Matt wrestling the um, uh, uh, Young Bucks? Come on. It's the main event I want to watch. Well, they or, had that. Or, or, or Jeff against uh, Kenny Omega. Come on. No question. And, and, and the Hardys and Young Bucks had that brief feud in a Ring of Honor. I want to say they only had one match. It got cut off because they went back to WWE and and surprised at that WrestleMania. But, yeah, I I think Jeff's – like, I have complained on this show that AEW is bringing in too many guys, and I stand by that. But you always want to bring in Jeff Hardy. He's one of the very you bring top in Jeff Hardy, you bring in the main eventer from day right. one. Right. He, sh he should never even have a preliminary match. Right. I agree. He should go right to the – I'd call out the champion. I'd call out Daniel Bryan. I'd call out Punk. I mean, I, I, mean, I would just – I have my ways of what my ideas are, but Jeff is not a guy you come and bring along slowly. He's a star. Day one, he walks out the door, the roof blows off, put him in a put him in a match where he can re demonstrate how good he is and then give him a win over a top guy right away. Amen. Could not have put I'm, a I'm here. I'm here. If you got a problem with it, move me on. Now another guy who's leaving he, WWE. He's not arrogant like that, but that's how I'd handle him. You're, you're right. The, neither Hardy is, neither Matt nor Jeff is arrogant like that. No. Do you think that's ever hindered them? Sometimes you got to be that way, don't you? Well, they're just they're easy to do business with, and that and that I think that's a te that attests to their longevity. I mean, you know, they're they're, they're, they're I'm certain they've been, they have both been put in positions that they didn't want to be in, but they're so talented, they pulled it off. So. And they're two of the greatest guys I've ever met, too. They don't roll over, but, but they want to get along, don't they? Absolutely. Mark Madden here for Woo Nation Uncensored, and hey, we're all adults. And some of us use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy Nicotine is a company that was created to help nicotine users find a cleaner option and feel better about the ways they consume nicotine. Their latest product is Slim Nicotine Pouches, which contain pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect without any tobacco at all. Lucy Slim Pouches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab. None of the tobacco, all of the nicotine satisfaction. Lucy Slim Pouches include both coconut oil and gum base to provide a soft, fluffy texture that enhances the flavor and doesn't dry out your mouth. Comes in three strengths, four, eight, and 12 milligrams, and three exclusive and delicious flavors, spearmint, mango, and cool cider. My buddy Andre has switched to Lucy products. It can help your friend or family member who uses nicotine. It can help you. Four milligrams sounds good to me, and spearmint sounds delicious to me.
Tell them, Nate. It's 2022. Don't compromise when you're choosing nicotine products. Go with the newest tobacco-free options for Lucy. The Ric Flair Show listeners, go to lucy.co and use the promo code FLAIR Flair to get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim pouches or any other Lucy products. That's lucy.co and use promo code FLAIR Flair at checkout. Little disclaimer, warning, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. That's lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code, Flair. Now, another guy moving on, Cesaro is leaving WWE. His contract expired. What's your take on Cesaro? Well, I think he's a great a great guy, and I think he's a really good performer. I, I, have, I haven't heard what he's doing. To me, he's a loss. To me, there's always a place for a guy like Cesaro. But um, who knows? I mean, I, they've been talking about that for years. I can remember they thought, what, 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 what can we do with the guy? He can work, but he's not really charismatic in that. In my, in my eyes, his working skills are. It's only a few guys better than him on the show, in 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 a, in a wrestling ring. Well, did the lack of promo skills hurt him? Did that hold him back? I think it did. Yes. But it's not, I mean, he talks, he talks very well. It's he, just not a lot of energy in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's not a charismatic promo. He's a competent promo, but but that's it. But how many guys do have a charismatic promo now? Uh, you got me there. Not very many. Think about it. Either show. Well, don't you think a lot of that's because the interviews are overly scripted and the the, the guys can't just be themselves and the girls when they talk? Yeah, but I think if I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. It's hard. To, I don't know that that's absolutely the truth. I, I know they're they're scripted and all that, but you know, I just can't imagine if you feel that much energy inside you. And I mean, and I know what it is to always be supercharged. Somehow, it's going to play out in the in the interview. Yeah, I think so too. I think if you have the ability to talk and you have that charisma. You can make any set of words work. Absolutely. Now, uh, I like the tag team with Cesaro and Sheamus, the bar. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that might have been Cesaro's high point. I thought his high point was the series with, with uh, matches with Seth. Oh, those were real good. No mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like the bar, but his, his matches with Seth, Seth Rollins were really, really, really good. Now, is there a place for this very gift? I've never seen Cesaro have a bad match. No, me neither. And that that brings me to my next point. Is there a place in the business, near the top anyway, for this really gifted technical guy like Cesaro, or has that kind of been washed away by the emphasis on high flying? Hmm. Well, you can't say it's been washed away because Roman's not a high flyer. Randy's not a high flyer. Another two best male talent, along with AJ, uh, in the company. So, yeah, yeah, but 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 they're stars, Nate. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're great workers too. But they're stars, and maybe that's the difference. Yeah, but I'm saying I think is it that if you've got the skill, the look, and you've got the charisma, um, there's a, a place for you on top in, in either company. 
Now, this goes back to what I said about Jeff Hardy going to AEW. Find, find something that's different than anybody else. Simple as can be. AEW is getting a, a great performer with Jeff Hardy, a top At, guy. Yes. Should they get Cesaro? I think they signed too many guys, but I would get Cesaro because I think his skills merit that. I would get Cesaro and get him a new manager and make him a heel. From day one, if he had a, if he had a talking place, and was it going to be a heel, he'd be phenomenal. How about you? To manage him, I'd love it. <laughs> that, that'd be me? great. That that's just I'm talking here off the top of my head, yeah. Rick. But that'd be a great combination. Yeah, and then and then you work with him on little things that make him nasty. You've been, you've never seen him be nasty. You take a guy take a guy with his skill, his strength, and teach him how to be how to be nasty. There's little tricks of the trade. And he'd be he'd be really hot. You you're right, boy. Because, that, that... because people know how strong how talented he is. Can you imagine putting that giant swing on somebody? I mean, <laughs> if I was managing him, I would call Tony Khan out to the ring, and I'd knock him knock him down from behind and have Cesaro give him the giant swing, and put him in the hospital for a month. <laughs> that that that's absolutely great stuff. Or Shivani. I don't mean just Tony, but I mean. Someone that you can really beat the shit out of. Just beat the shit out of and make it believable. And that would be his first night there. Well, someone, always, someone questioning his greatness. Anybody. I'm always all for that when it comes to Shivani, certainly. Uh, and, and you're right. No, but I think someone, someone prominent enough to come out and challenge on the first night and just get crushed. We are hospitalized. The day's over right away. I, I agree, and it's worth noting that even though Cesaro was a heel in WWE and he did heel promos and had heel mannerisms, he never really worked strong no, heel, did no, he? No, he never did. He never, and nobody, he, he, he is such a gifted guy, but he doesn't know, he doesn't know how to be mean. He doesn't feel that in his heart. You gotta, you gotta be able to turn that switch where you just want to, where people think you're trying to kill a guy. I like it. When they, when they think you're trying to kill somebody and they think you're they're going to watch. I like it. Now, now apparently Cesaro leaving was mostly a money thing. Isn't it almost always a money thing, nine times out of ten? Oh, unless you've been fired. Yeah, obviously. It's always money. I, I guess he didn't like their offer for renewal. It wasn't what he thought it should be. Mm -hmm. Well... I, I, I don't know him that well personally. I mean, I, yeah, I do know him well. I, I love his wife. Um, who They both are good friends of Ashley's. Um, I don't know what the deal was, but I, I can just speak for him personally. He's a great guy and got a lot of gifts. Now, he was never world champ in WWE. Does that, uh, does that diminish his tenure at all? Do you have to be no. a world champ? I, I don't think so either because I think of a guy like Kurt Hennig who was never world champ in WWE, and he's one of the greatest ever. Yep. Yep. I'll go along with that. Now, AEW also signed Buddy Matthews, formerly Buddy Murphy in WWE. What's your take on him? Because no knock on him. I don't know him. I think he's an okay performer. But that's a guy they don't need. They've got a ton of guys like him. Well, I know. I, I have a special place for Buddy Murphy. I like Buddy Murphy a lot. I think that he's a better. <laughs> I used to tell him, you're better than Seth Rollins. Remember when they were together? Right. I used to say, don't ever take a backseat to Seth. <laughs> You're better. 
But you know, I'm not I'm obnoxious in the way I handle things sometimes. Well, no, but what do you what do you like about? I I, no, I said I said it in the room with Seth right there. <laughs> but but what do you like about about Buddy Matthews? He's like, a talented kid, man. Watch him work. He's talented as hell. Well, you just said how you would repackage Cesaro, and I love it. How would you repackage Buddy Buddy Matthews? I have to like think about that. They're talking about two different people. What one is six foot three and weighs two hundred and forty pounds? Um, I, I'd have to put some thought on that. I just have the answer for Cesaro right away. Now AEW's Wednesday TV show did a pretty good number. It had over a million viewers, but I'm told their last pay per view did two hundred five thousand buys and grossed ten million. That seems like a big step in the right direction. One thing about AEW. Their core audience will spend and spend and watch and watch. They have some people really hooked. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, someone told me that, that um, I can't remember who it was, that told that AEW is worth, I mean, from the day that Tony started, it's worth 20 times the amount of what he put into it. Really? That I mean, given the TV ratings, that, I don't want to say it surprises me, and I believe you, but no, boy, that's... No, I'm saying if someone came along and wanted to buy it, they'd have to put a lot more than $500 million into it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's a pretty... I, I, believe, I, believe, you know, I believe that was the startup money that... I, I And there again, I just heard that. I don't know for a fact, but I think the startup money was like $500 million and it's worth probably 10 times that now. Well, I'm, I'm seeing here online that AEW's estimated market value right now is $400 million. So I'm not sure what Tony's startup was, but, uh, but you know, I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, oh, it says here also that Tony, his startup cost was $25 million. So that, oh, that's, wow. a, that's a pretty good markup. And that, that's okay. Not, oh, okay, I think his budget was, okay, I got that. I, right, I, right, I, right. But, but I, you know, don't get me wrong. I think it's done well. I just would like to see them get from that $1 million mark on Wednesday to like $1.5 mil and pass raw and, and really make a, a bit more of a statement. They're doing fine, but... I expect a bit more, and maybe that'll happen. Well, time will tell. You know, I'm just happy the guys have another place to work, and I'm happy that yep. if you're a wrestling fan, you got three shows to watch a week. Now, on AEW's Wednesday TV show, there were a bunch of good promos, and FGF kind of broke character for the first time for just a little bit and spoke about troubles he had growing up, anti-Semitism. I thought it was great. Is a promo better when it comes from a real-life experience? Absolutely. Did you see the promo? No, I heard about it. It was great. It was great. I mean, no, I, I watched. I watched it, but I was watching it uh, in a recreational facility, <laughs> so I just had him put the words up. <laughs> you can't feel the emotion. The only time I just have him turn, I have him put the volume up and turn everything down when Ashley and Roland are on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I get more and more impressed with MJF all the time. I mean, yeah. he's already a star. But I think he just finds different ways all the time to tweak what he does, and it's very successful. Yeah, well, he seems to be doing well. I mean, I like his work. I like his style. I like the way he conducts himself. I like the way he carries himself. He dresses, you know, immaculately, which I'm a big fan of that. Um, but, I mean, you know, I, I just, I, to me, I, the, the kid's got unlimited ability. Now, there was a good promo that night by Eddie Kingston as well. Uh, yeah, I like Eddie. What's your take on him? Because he didn't get a break until he was 40. 
And, and I don't know how a guy that's, you know, a pretty big star now slips through the cracks for that long. You never know. Maybe he didn't find his niche, but he's very good right now. I can tell you that. Well, here's what I kind of figure. He did, you know, WWE for a long time was the only real player. And he just doesn't have their look. A guy that looks like that, that's going to work against him up there, isn't it? Uh, not necessarily. Not now. Are you kidding? Can, can you cite examples? Of who dresses like him now? Well, no, and he's kind of, you know, he's not exactly, you know, a monument to conditioning. I mean, he's in good shape, but he's, you know. Um, I, I guess I, what, the, 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 I mean, I'm not what, putting what, the, what, no, not, no, 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 when, when, when they repackage some of these guys, they repackage them in totally different outfits anyway. So I think a guy that can talk and work, there's always a place for, you know, I'm like, I'm not a big fan of 25 people running out of the ring wearing jeans and tennis shoes. Oh, but, me neither. And that's kind of what he does. And I'm not putting the guy down. No, no, it's not him, period, in a business. You know what I mean? If, if, I'll tell you, you can pull off a jeans, tennis shoes, and T-shirt is Roman Reigns. Right. Okay? That, that, that's, Roman's, that's Roman's kid. He's got millions of dollars. He can wear suits on that. He's found a level of comfort. And then that level of comfort is what separates you from somebody else. Ashley, my daughter, has found that level of comfort incomparable. And I'm not putting Eddie Kingston down. I'm just wondering how a guy slips through the cracks for that long. That's my point. I, I have no idea. He may not have caught the attention of somebody at the right time. I, I don't know the answer to that. He's a great guy, and I think he's very talented. Now, the WrestleMania card keeps growing. It's going to be the Miz and Logan Paul against Rey Mysterio and his son, Dominic. Logan Paul is an internet influencer and also a celebrity boxer. What a world, Nate. You, you, you can be famous just for being famous. Exactly. I mean, what, what's your take on his involvement with WrestleMania and his you presence? You can be famous on social media and not have any skill. But if you're good on social media, you're famous. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what's happened with this guy, right? I don't know. I've only met him a couple of times, but I met. Social, isn't social media to do all and all? It's amazing, isn't it? It's taken over. Yeah, I knew, you know, I never had social media until I was until after I died, 2018. Is that true? Yep, my agent. She didn't want you to have it, or? She didn't know what she was doing. She misrepresented herself. Uh, okay, but it, that kept you from having social media? You had. Well, to how, would I, how would I know about social media? I didn't really think about that. I can't even turn the computer on. <laughs> well, now you're very well-versed. No, no, I still have someone to, to turn the computer on. You know what your trademark is for social media? What? You capitalize every word. No, that's only when I text. No, it's on social media, too. Okay, well. I like it. That's your trademark. I, I have a helper. <laughs> if anyone I've ever known is a capital letters type of guy, it's the 16-time world champion. Believe yeah, someone, someone said to me one time, why are you screaming? I didn't know what they meant. <laughs> no, can you imagine if I, if I had social media for the time I retired in 2008? I'd have 35 million followers. Oh, no question. Give me a break. I got 6 million now, and I started in 2018 at the age of uh, 69, 68. Could you imagine if there would have been social media back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s? I'd have 150 million followers. No question. Especially the 80s. <laughs> ben, ben, ben won't be dead now, though. <laughs> Woo!
Now, uh, what's your take on celebrity boxing, like with, with Logan Paul and his brother Jake? They're not real fighters, but they're making millions upon they're millions. They're tough kids, man. They're t- I mean, I'm not taking any away from They're tough kids. You got to be tough to get in the ring. I, the Woodley fight, I, I was amazed. I, I, I just, I was with Mike Tyson the other day. I said, Mike, what are you, what are you going to do with this Paul kid? He said, when the time comes and the money's right, he'll find out. <laughs> well, but that's the point. I mean, again, I'm not anything anybody can do to make money. I'm all for. Yeah. But these guys are making millions. And guys who spend their whole lives training to be boxers are making a fraction of what these Paul brothers make. And I'm not saying it doesn't sit right, but it sits kind of funny. Chad, doesn't our world sit funny? Yeah. <laughs> Mark, now more than Mark, ever. Mark, doesn't our world sit funny? Yeah. <laughs> Please. But Come people on. would would rather see the Paul brothers fight than a than a professional boxer. Yeah. Um I'll tell you what I want to see. There's rumors one of them. Well, is gonna... that, you know, we know why? Because they made stars out of themselves. That's oh, fine. no question. And I credit that. You know what fight I want to see? There's been a rumor that one of them is going to fight Antonio Brown, the former Steelers receiver who walked mm-hmm. out on the Bucks this year. Mm-hmm. If that happens, whoever it is, I will be in Logan Paul, Jake Paul. I'll be in their corner. I'll slip them a foreign object if they All want. Right. Antonio Brown would be crazy to do that. Oh, I hope he does because he, he would be crazy to do yeah, that. He'd be crazy to do that. The, the Paul kid is tough. I, I, I figure they're both pretty tough. Could 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 either of them hang in there with Mike Tyson even now? <laughs> I, I just saw Mike. Mike's in good shape. Oh, I know. I see him in Vegas once in a while. Yeah, let let, let him work out for a couple months. I he's, I mean Tyson hits like a you know. I don't think I'd pay to see that myself. I'd go to it. Nate, I've never seen a fighter like Tyson to this day. I was lucky enough to see him in person once. Uh, in Las Vegas the night before a WSW pay-per-view at MGM Grand. It was the one, I think it was Oliver McCall. Was that the one where he hit him so hard his leg buckled and it broke? Remember that fight? I've never I, seen I a fighter. I've, I've been, I mean, Mike could punch, man. Wow. I've never seen a fighter that ferocious. How about you? Well, I think, he, you know, first of all, he grew up in a ferocious yep. neighborhood in a ferocious time. He was fighting for his life from the time he was five years old. So he's street tough. He's ring tough. And he's a great guy, so I'm I'm a huge fan of Mike. Now, uh, we talked about the Mysterios before, but Dominic keeps improving by leaps and bounds, doesn't he? Yes, yes. What what makes him good? Because he's not quite the same style as as Ray. I mean, they're, they but he, 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 stuff, no, but... he, he he's bigger than Ray and can always do all the stuff his dad does. He's just 22 years old. Well, Give one thing. No, I am giving him a chance. I think he's, he, he's, I mean, is he 21 or 22? He, he's, I think he's 22. Okay. And one thing I think helped him was, you know, he trained with Lance Storm. Mm-hmm. And that was a different kind of training. And I think it's going to make him A, more well-rounded, and B, maybe, you know, as versed as possible with different styles when he, you know, wrestles in America. Exactly. No, I think I think Dominic, God, he's a beautiful young man. I can't say enough good about Ray. Ray's been a great friend forever. Um. Yeah, I think Dominic's future is unlimited. And he can go anywhere he wants to, Japan, Mexico, here. I mean, I don't know what his deal is, but he he's worth his weight in gold. Should Dominic eventually put the mask on? Should he become Prince Mysterio? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Well, I mean, that would be continuing the legacy of his dad. I mean, I'm sure he would want to do that. I'm not sure you have to do it every match either. I, I don't know. You know, I just think of, 
just let him keep building. I, I would let him just keep growing as he is. You're not a big fan of masks, are you? Yeah, I am. I hated the day they took Ray Mysterio's mask off. Oh, and Hoovy too. It was terrible. What a, what a bad move that was. Yeah. Well, you're comparing. It's not even, it's not even comparable. No, I mean, Ray, Ray has been, Ray, Ray Ray's Oh, no, 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 I'm not, no, I mean, I thought, I think Hoovy was and is great, but Ray's one of a kind. No, Ray's an icon. Now, uh, AEW had a battle royal featuring 12, no, it was 15, it says here, 15 tag teams. What's your take on battle royals and what's your experience in battle royals? I didn't like it at all. I think, as I've said before, I think it's too many people in the ring. And um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you establish. Um, I, I don't know what, what. I don't say that. I didn't like it because I didn't. I think that the people, the guys in the ring, have got to remember that the cameras are always on them. And when you're twelve guys in the ring, there's always a tendency to let your guard down, let your body English go a different way, look like you're not hitting someone as hard as you should. I mean, it just get it's too crowded. In Battle Royals, you just look at sometimes, in the old days, we would just look for a place to be safe because you can't be running the ropes and taking press slams and all that with 12 guys in the ring. Well, and for guys like more me, than 12. And for guys like me, uh, I mean, I, I, I thought it was a waste of my, of my, of my ability I understood it, but it was a waste of my ability because I couldn't do things that I would be if the ring was a little more open. Now, I think the Royal Rumble is the best battle royal because it resets every couple minutes. And guys, you can feed. You can yeah, feed. Exactly. Guys create, come and go. Create that, create that level of excitement. Right. See, the, right. that 12-man match doesn't get better until you get down to the four guys. Then you get done, and then you start having a really good match. Well, you'd say 12 men, 15 men. That AEW one had 30 guys in the ring to start. And one thing I don't like about a traditional battle royal nature, you have all the guys in the ring to start, and it just starts dead. Like you said, too many guys. It's always kind of flat at the beginning, isn't it? It is, but then again, you look back, because I looked at the rating too, just like you did. The rating came up, so I don't know anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the fans like anymore. Yeah, well, I think they like seeing stars, and that got a lot of people in the ring. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing it did do. I mean, you know, as I said on Twitter, say that we have way too many guys without actually saying we have way too many guys. Well, that's a 15-tag team battle royal. That way you're exposing everybody, and guys get to do their spots. Some guys get their 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 shit in, and, you know, you get them out there, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Exactly. Did you ever win a battle royal? Mm, I don't think so. Most of the battle royals that was in, <clears throat> Andre was it, <laughs> so I didn't win. What, what I was never, it like? I, I never got sat on. Andre, I, they would take 10 guys and pile them on top, and then Andre would sit on top of everybody. It was, it was brutal. They, if he didn't like you, man, he'd drag you in the middle of the ring. <laughs> so it never happened to you. He liked you then. He liked me, yes. I, I was thank, his driver. Thank heavens. I'd hate to see you get sat on. You were, you were under his driver. When did you do that? 72 and 73. And that would have been in AWA. Yeah, you were still in Minnesota then, right? Yeah, and he would work in there a lot. What was that Good. like driving him around? Fantastic. Taking him down through downtown Chicago, Rush Street, 
1972. <laughs> Pretty cool. Who's your friend? I don't know. <laughs> now, we, we've just been talking about battle royals and how we don't really like them, but I will say. What size shoe does he wear? I don't know. Come on back and ask him. <laughs> what size ring? Come on back and ask him. Now, uh, we've been talking about battle royals. The battle royal was a perfect vehicle for Andre, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, it really made him. I, I mean, not that he needed Every aid. Every town sold out. Well, right. And it, it showed his power and strength without making him do too much. I thought it was perfect for him. Yeah. We had him in Pittsburgh, and you're right, Nate. There were two things that sold out in Pittsburgh all the time. Uh, one was, well, actually, Bruno sold out in New York all the time. But if you had a battle royal with Andre, it was a guaranteed sellout. No Absolutely. question. Absolutely. 70s was guaranteed wherever he went. Now, uh, Corey Graves was cleared to wrestle, speaking of Pittsburgh. He's a Pittsburgh guy. I saw him wrestle locally many times. He's pretty good, and he's a good announcer, too, isn't he? Uh, fabulous announcer. What makes him good? He's spot on, he's entertaining, and he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> because he's done it. Does don't, it help to have, don't, does don't, it help don't, to have done it? Don't let, let me... <laughs> Don't let me give you the as opposed to. Well, as opposed to me. I mean, I'm thinking of me. I never did it. No, no, no. I'm saying that he came down when he, Corey can get the match over before it gets started. Yep. yep. No, I agree. He, I think he covers their entrances. I mean, I mean, he, he's got their stats. He's got their da 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 da, and he he's got the match exciting before it even starts. No, I I, I agree. Well, and Corey's one of the best best they've had in years. Who are the best announcers in wrestling right now? Oh, I would say Corey. Um, well, I, I'm never going to take it away from Jim Ross or Shivani, but I think you know, they're still very good. Um, um, I know you like McAfee. I like Michael Cole and McAfee. On McAfee and Corey make the match on fire before it even starts. McAfee stands up. He joins in the crowd, and Corey covers the details of each character's strengths and weaknesses. And I'm not saying it because he's my friend, but he nobody has ever put Ashley over like he does. Yeah, I you think and, 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 and he doesn't have a, he hasn't got a dog in the fight. You know what I mean? He's dating beautiful Carmella, but he doesn't pull up. I'm putting the girls over it for what they are. I love that. Uh, I like Colin McAfee, and that's not knocking anybody else, but what I like most about them is it's only two people. I think when you get more than two people on mic, it tends to get really crowded, and guys just try to get their shit in. Yeah, but sometimes it's, they're, <laughs> some guys, the weak links, um, <laughs> they're not going to get their shit in because they, what they say has nothing to do with the show. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but there's still a voice on mic. Yeah, but nobody hears it. I don't oh. do. Probably not. No, <laughs> no but, but that's like, I worked both. I worked with Tony and two men, and I worked with Tony and Scott Hudson with three men. And I no disrespect to Scott Hudson at all, who's fabulous, but three men's just way different. Like, you can never lay out and let the crowd tell the story. I just like two men. That's by far my preference. Yes, I do too. What makes a good announcer? 
you, you've touched on that with Corey Graves, but in knowledge, general, knowledge, energy, and experience. Is energy the most important thing? No. I'll tell you what the most, if you're looking at football, there's nobody like Tony Romo right now. You could take Chris Collinsworth, another guy, they, 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 they can't even be in the same atmosphere as Tony Romo. Now, why is that? You tell me. Well, he I think he understands the game better. He called the play before it's executed. Well, exactly. He tells you what's going on. That hit's great. He's a handsome guy. He knows what he's doing. I mean, Tony Romo was not only a great guy. To me, he's a better announcer than he was a football player. And he was a great football player. Now, would you have made a good announcer? Could you have done color? No, it was terrible. Well, did, when did you do it? Oh, a couple of times Vince had me do it. I was terrible. Well, why do you say that? Because I was thinking about what I would have done differently. You mean in the ring? Yes. Okay, so I, I, I get that. Here's an example I use. I'm not picking on him because you know how Jer highly. Jer Jerry Lawler is a great announcer. Yes, a great announcer. And yeah. it's different being a color guy than cutting a promo, isn't it? Yes. I mean, because the assumptions, if you can talk and cut a good promo. Some you people can... have the ability to be witty and be spot on, and some people don't. Bobby Heenan, Jerry Lawler, spot on, witty. Bingo. Corey Graves, spot on, witty. And, I, and what's his name? Uh, your friend is getting better. Pat McAfee. Pat. Was I any good? Yeah. Because tell the truth. No, tell the truth. I am because you're a wrestling historian. You could compare things. I remember, yeah, I thought you were great. Because I get buried all the time. By who? Oh, uh, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> well, Pat, I, I will say this. You know, what, you know what, 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 what are their names? You know who told me I was What, really... what are their names on Twitter? Some... Three letters and a couple numbers. Uh, you know who told you know who told me I was good and I took this as a real compliment because he explained why he thought he was good. Jerry Lawler. I ran into Jerry while I was doing it. And he was very complimentary. That's that all you have to hear. Yeah. So I I, I enjoy doing a it. Compliment from your peers means more than anything. No question. Why even look at Twitter when one of your peers is telling you you're good? Nate, let me tell you something. If I didn't have to look at Twitter, I wouldn't. But doing radio. And, and being a sports writer, too, it's part of the gig. I hate it, but you got to. Well, I Well, you know, we've all experienced it, but I've just come to learn. Just walk around the streets. Oh, I do? Me. Oh, me too. Yeah. I mean, not like you, but you get my drift. I do. No, I always say nature, and it applies to you, too. I'm unbeaten in the streets. <laughs> You know what I mean? If 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 the, if the people you deal with face to face love you, that's enough, right? Exactly. NMLS number six five zero eight four equal housing lender. Whew. Christmas is finally behind us, but are you dreading those credit card bills headed your way? Well, here's a pro tip. Don't get stuck making minimum payments in the new year. Savewithconrad.com can help you get rid of your credit card debt just like that. Oh, and we're going to get you the best deal on a mortgage you've ever had. But how's this for starters? No payments until March. You don't need money out of your pocket or perfect credit. So find out how much money you can save for free right now at Savewithconrad.com. When's the last time I... I I've never been there when this happened. Anybody ever give you a hard time, like in a bar or, or out no. in the street running into you? No, I, I didn't think so. Not in yours. Not since you were like a big-time heel heel, right? Probably, yeah. 
Now it's now it, I hear one time a day. I hear it ten times. Thank you for all the years of entertainment. I've from, I've been from all age groups, which really makes it nice. Nate, I want to just testify. I've been there when that's happened. You know, I've been out with you many times, and it's like that all the time. And you're right. Sometimes it's kids. Sometimes it's Little like kids, teenagers, yeah. like who say how great you are. Yeah, that, that's that's got to be really gratifying that it's not, you it's know. Un- like, unbelievable. I've, I've told you many times, they'll be wooing when they chop in the ring 100 years after you're dead. You'll never be forgotten. Yeah, and I, I believe that. Well, deservedly so. Now, uh, we, we've been putting this off for a couple of weeks, but I want to talk about one of the big influences in your career, do a little bit of nostalgia here, and that's Ray Stevens. Is, is it fair to say he was your single biggest influence? He and Dusty Rhodes. Now, what made Ray an influence in particular? Why he? He's the greatest worker I've ever seen in my life. Okay, expand on that. I like where you're He's going. He's the greatest worker I've ever seen in my life. What made him a great worker? I, I can't even begin to explain. Bumps, energy. He was an average stalker, but in ring skill. Shawn Michaels and me together were not Ray Stevens. <clears throat> wow. That's a heck of a statement. The shit, the stuff he did looked real, and he was, he was, he was just an average interviewer, but whether in the ring, he was a time bomb, man. Uh, uh. Now, how much and where did you work with Ray Stevens? And uh, as I recall, you two were friends, correct? Oh, very close. But I, I, I didn't meet Ray till his mid forties. Yeah, in in Minneapolis, right? Yes, he and he and Nick were a hell of a tag team. Oh my God! With, yeah, with Bobby he and they were a hell of a tag team. <clears throat> I think that's how a lot of people remember Ray. At least that's how I do. I remember him and Bachwinkle. I remember him and Pat Patterson, the Blonde yeah. Bombers. I only worked with Ray one time, as when he came to Charlotte. But it was like, God, I was so thrilled. And man, he just, just for magic. I mean, you couldn't even, you didn't even know he was there. You couldn't feel a thing, but man, it looked so damn good. Oh, you, you, you didn't know what to do because he looked like he killed you, but never touched you. See, I, I love this conversation because this is you revering somebody the way so many people have revered you. But I, I wish I could tell you I was one third of what Ray Stevens was. Never. Now, what when you wrestled him in Charlotte, was it a singles match? What what, what? single match in Norfolk, Virginia? I still remember the talent. Hampton, Virginia, Hampton Roads. How long to go? What what and who got over? Twenty minutes. He put me over. Thirty minutes. Great match. Probably not great, because Ray was what, if early maybe the early fifties then. But it had to be fifty by then, I think. Have have. Uh, Steve looked how old it would have been right now. Well, we already updated us. Dominic Mysterio is 24. We know that. We'll get to Ray Stevens. Okay. Well, in, in just a moment. But, but yeah, but no, that, it, that's great that you, like, because, Nate, I got to tell you, I've talked to so many people who talk about having wrestled you mm-hmm. the same way you're talking about wrestling Ray Stevens. And it just goes to show you how this gets handed down from generation to generation. <clears throat> We're lucky to be in that. I'm, I'm lucky to have been in in that consideration. Now, you drove with Ray Stevens a few times, didn't you? Oh, yeah. What was that like? I'm a fucker and a fighter and a wild bull rider and a pretty fair windmill hand. Ray Stevens. <laughs> is, that where you, is that where you learned how to, how to behave on the road from Ray Stevens? Well, a little bit. Some of what I just learned on my own. 
<laughs> he was fun, man. Wow. Holy cow. Well, what was uh what was great about him too is he was only five foot eight, but he made you forget that, didn't he? If he was five foot eight, I it seemed like he was six foot five to me. Yeah, I mean, larger than life. That's the key. Yeah. Isn't that the key? Larger than life. No matter what size you are, to be larger than life. Well, he just came into the room. You knew he was somebody. Putting his cowboy hat on, his cowboy gear. He walked in the room. You knew he was somebody. And man, the guy is already. He lighted up a cigarette like Harley. The guys loved him and respected him. Man, wow. Now, Steve Kaufman, our incomparable producer who does so much good work, he says Ray was born in 1935, so it'd be 87 now. So you wrestled him when? In uh... I probably wrestled him in uh, like 79 or 80. So he would have been—he would have been 45 or 46. He would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh... hey, let me tell you a story. So I'm in Minneapolis. I'm just learning the business, right? Locker room, and Ray Stevens is in a tag match and. Apparently, Billy Robinson did something he wasn't supposed to do, you know, some hook and movers like that with, with, with Ray. And they came in the locker room. I was watching him. I didn't know what happened. And Ray went over to his bag, took a 357 out, walked into the fucking other locker room, and looked, put it right in Billy Robinson's face and said, if you ever fuck with me in the ring again like that, motherfucker, I'll blow your fucking brains out. Did, did Billy ever fuck with him in the ring again? No. I'm guessing no. <laughs> what was Billy Robinson like? Uh, I, I know he was a legit tough guy, but you hear a lot of bad stories like that. He took advantage of people. Now, for me, I got along great with Billy. I mean, but breaking me in, he was, I hated him. He was incredibly insensitive, but we, that made us all better. It just, as, as far as beating the crap of all of us, that's okay. I was, but we, we went through back in that time frame, but that that that's the only reason he never became world champion. Vern didn't trust him not to, you know, grab somebody. He was, I mean, he was legitimately a real good amateur. I guess they call him a hooker in England, where he could, you know, do submission wrestling and that. So, but you got to remember that that kind of bullshit did not work with guys like Harley Race or um, or Ray Stevens. He would never have even tried to hold Harley Race down. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would that would have never occurred. Ray didn't come across that way, but Ray was that tough back in, in outside of the ring. Ray was tougher than the shit. Who reminds you of Ray today? Is there anybody? No. Not why is, close. Why isn't Ray remembered more? Like a Harley Race or somebody like that? I guess he isn't Because they don't, have, they, don't, they don't have enough footage on him. You got to remember, Harley would, I mean... Uh, 87 and 77, like, I think Harley would be 77 now this year, right? Or something like that. I think so, yeah. That 10-year window is a big gap. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you can still find a lot of film with Harley on, on YouTube. You really yeah, can. yeah, you can't find it with Ray, though, see? And you know what else helped with Harley, too? He wrestled uh, during the around, WWE. Around the world. And he wrestled the WWE boom period. Yeah, and, and all Ray, a lot of video all, out there. All Ray did was wrestle in Minneapolis and, and San Francisco for his whole career. Yeah, he, he was in WWE for a real little bit. Yeah. Like they all were at that point. Yeah. Uh, what bumps and moves did you take from Ray Stevens? Is there any direct... The, the, upside, the upside down. I tried the bombs away, but I could never do it like him, so I didn't want to kill anybody. But, but the turnbuckle flip, right? Yeah. Boy, that's a, that, that's one of your trademark moves. Yeah. Well, and then Sean took it and did it better. 
don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, so I'll tell you, I've got... You guys have to have been in the ring with Shawn Michaels to understand how good he is. Oh, no, no. I I think Shawn and... I think you and Shawn are the top two. I really do. I appreciate that, but I mean, Shawn is... This shit I could never dream of doing. I mean, do I not say I could have done it if I'd wanted to learn when I was younger? But no, Sean just developed into being just a great, great worker. You know what I loved about the turnbuckle flip you did afterwards? Sometimes you'd hang yourself up. Sometimes you'd roll yeah. on the apron and take a bump. One of my favorites was, I forget, there was a star came where they did a scaffold match. Yeah. Okay, and you took the turnbuckle flip and you ran along the apron and quote, unquote, forgot the scaffold was there. Yeah. And bumped off the scaffold. Yeah. Tremendous. I saw that. I was watching that on pay-per-view nation like everybody else. I, I, I had to plan the whole match. <laughs> <laughs> that was tremendous. I, I popped so big for that. There's a lot of stuff that I watched back then, a lot that involves you and some other guys too. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember Chi-Town Rumble against Steamboat like it was yesterday. Um, Chi-Town Rumble like it was yesterday. Yeah, where Steamboat won the title. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, that was, well, you think of it is people won't let me stop, uh, won't uh, let me forget about it. So that's a good thing. Oh, no, that I, I remember like when you guys did the double bump over the top rope. Yeah. The finish where I thought for a second Tommy was going to give you back the belt. Yeah. And he gave it to Steamboat. It was just so much. I remember uh, Brad Muster and Meltzer in the front row applauding. Yeah, yeah. That was just so good. All of it was so good. Now, that, uh, you know, was that Jim Harbaugh was at that match. That's when I met Jim. Who, Jim Harbaugh? Was he really? Yeah. Wow. He, he was the Bears quarterback then. Now, do you think of Ray Stevens as a tag or a single? Because I think of him as the tag, but, you tag. know, I. Tag. Yeah. But I, never, I, only, I never got to see him at his best as a single. And that was in California. Yes, I never got to see that. I know he went in and out. He wrestled. Uh, in the garden a couple of times it was you know for for vince senior but i i never got to see the matches ray was a high flyer for that era wasn't he yeah god huge i mean people like you know people don't understand that to be the first ray, ray, never... ray stevens took the, the turnbuckle bump over the top of the, all over the turnbuckle to the floor how come he never did that I did one time, I, and I hit the guardrail and put 13 stitches in my head in St. Louis. Well, that's Re enough of that. You know, wrestling uh, Dory Funk, I, I was trying to show off. I almost killed myself. I've tried everything once. <laughs> oh, in and out of the ring. I know that. Uh, oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I, when is Ashley going to do the turnbuckle flip and the drunk fall? Because she says she can do it. Oh, she can do the turnbuckle bump better than me already. But I don't think she's ever done it in a match, has she? She has. Has she? Has she? Yes. Yes. She must do some variance on it where I don't connect it then. She can do it from two feet away. <laughs> she didn't even take a run at it. She didn't. <laughs> what about the drunk fall? No. She's, she's got way too much skill for that. <laughs> that is that is your skills decline. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'd still like to see it. Uh, could could okay. Better know what is a Gordon. <laughs> oh, I might have been there with uh, your name. Uh, I'm a Bobby Heenan. <laughs> I, I might have been there. There he goes. He's going to do the Gordon. I might have been there when Bobby named it the Gordon. Uh, why? Uh, could could a Ray Stevens make it today? Would he get Oh, run? God. Being the main event of WrestleMania between now and then. <laughs> really? If he walked out in the ring right now with somebody, God, are you kidding me? 
Well, don't get me wrong, Nate. I believe in Ray Stevens, but I'm not sure a guy that looks like that gets a chance today. Oh, I don't know. I have you forget he might have been five nine and that, but he weighed two forty. He wasn't small. Uh oh yeah. Absolutely. He obviously he couldn't walk on TV now at be at WrestleMania, but he'd be he'd be doing something on the show real quick. Steve Kaufman says in our in our little and private he, chat he, thing here. He would he would need a manager. Uh Steve Kaufman, our great producer, says that he saw Ashley do the drunk fall at the Staples Center last December. Oh, she did. <laughs> so there you go. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna lecture her the next time we talk. I gotta see it too. Uh I, I, I don't know this, and correct me if, forgive me for not, is Ray in the WWE Hall of Fame? No. Should he be? Well, I know that Pat, Pat hasn't lobbied for it forever. Um, in terms of ability, most definitely should be in it. And I think in terms of accomplishment over the course of his career as well, I mean, not in WWE per se, but he had a great career. Phenomenal. But he just... He just confined his travel to the, he worked for Barnett a lot in uh, Australia. He worked in California and he was making a hundred grand a year in California in the fifties, working four days a week. And, and with limited travel too. And it was so, yeah, less than a thousand mile drive a week. Yeah, no, you're right. That makes sense. That was a big thing back in the day, wasn't it? The, the travel schedule to go someplace where you could A, make money, but B, not have absurd travel. Yeah, I mean, the Carolinas was 3,000 miles a week. 3,000 a week? So do the math. Charlotte, Greenville, back, 200. How long Charlotte. did it take, how long did it take you to go through a car before you wore a car out? I, I'd go, I'd go 100, put 120,000 miles on a car a year. Wow. But it was fun. Too, I, mean, right? I, I, always, I drove. I always wanted to have my car. I could, I could have um, ridden with somebody else. But very rarely, I wanted to ride. I, I like having my being in control of my own destiny. Now, who did anybody drive with you? Did anybody tag along in your car? Oh, over the years, everybody. When we were the horse over together, we all drove together every night. But it was always your car. For the most part, yeah. I, I just it was easy. I mean, I would. We, you know, we drank anyway. It didn't matter back then. It wasn't like it is now. What so, were you driving? Uh, Cadillacs, and then I went to Mercedes. That's the nature boy right there, right? Yes, sir. By the way, somebody came up with a good line. We talked a few weeks ago about you never got a tattoo. Somebody tweeted at me, Nate, you don't put a, you don't put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. Why would you? <laughs> Hey, uh, I want to talk about some sports. What should Aaron Rodgers do next year? Should he play for Green Bay, play somewhere else, or retire? Well, he definitely shouldn't retire. I, I don't know what he's thinking. I would, I mean, I'm, I'm such a big fan. I, I actually, it looks to me like they're trying everything they can possibly to play in Green Bay. And if they, if they keep Devontae, um, the receiver, I mean, and then Cobb stays that, I'd stay with Green Bay if I were him. Yeah, Devontae Adams. Uh, yeah, you're right. They, I put the franchise tag out of my thick, right? Yeah, but he wouldn't be happy about that. And I'm not sure he'd like the fact that Rodgers staying and getting more money would have would have led to him getting the franchise tag. So we'll see how that plays out. But it is looking more and more like Rodgers is going to stay. 
I think what they need to do is give him a secondary target after Adams. I think that's a Super Bowl winning team if they can get one more weapon. Well, they have, um, um, they're going to keep cop, cop, cop can still play. Yeah, he's more of a tertiary target, though, Nate, at his age. I mean, I'm not putting a guy down, great career, but if they could get one well, more they, piece they, of paper. They should sign Antonio Brown. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, why not? Oh, he's insane. He'd blow up like okay. he always does. Okay. If he blew up on Brady, he'd blow up on Rodgers. I couldn't believe some of the things he said about Brady on his way out the door down there. Yeah. Well, who knows? Now, uh, there's a talk of the devil. There's a rumor Brady might come back and play somewhere else. I don't believe that, Nate, but would you like to see it happen? No. You think that should be it? Yep. But he could still play, don't you think? Absolutely. That's not the point. I don't know they could ever keep a team around like that together again. I think that um, he's had no, no one's ever going to have the fanfare. No one's ever going to be um, leave on as high a note. I mean, how, how much higher note can you leave? No. Beautiful, beautiful family. I mean, he just has distinguished himself as being. Just, uh, you never hear anything but nice things about that. I've only met him twice, but what a great guy. No question. It, but let, let's play the what-if game. Let's say he did want to play. If you could put him with any team, who would you put him with? I'd put him back with the Buccaneers. Really? Even though they're kind of, I, I don't want to say falling apart, but they're losing guys finally. That that offensive lineman just retired at age 28. No, he's on the Chiefs. Oh, I get that. Chiefs. Well, I'm only a sports radio host. Chief, I, Chief, I can get stuff Chief, wrong. Chief, look at it. Not but, not the Chiefs. Steve, edit that out. Not really. It doesn't matter. But, uh, <laughs> but so so you think Tampa could still win if they kept Tom? I think they could play. Yeah, I, mean, I, I haven't I haven't followed enough of the free agency myself, so I don't know what, for sure what's going on. But I if they if they thought I think if there's an inkling that they thought he would come back, they'd do their best to keep the kids together. Yeah, I think those rumors are just that. I don't believe he's coming back. Uh, I, if I could put him one place, Stone H, I would put him in San Francisco. I think San Francisco wins the Super Bowl with him. That, 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 I never thought about that. That's true. Yep. Now, in that vein, what do you think of Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, his numbers aren't always great, but he wins a bunch of games. He's been in a Super Bowl, and he's been in a conference championship game. I know there's a, there's a debate today. Uh, that, that kid I like so well on uh, Dan Orlowski. Right. Thinks that uh, he should be. No, no. Orlowski likes Wentz. I was thinking of that. Or, or, uh, Nico, who's the guy that played for Philadelphia? Oh, Rob Ninkovich. Yeah, he thinks that uh, um, Jimmy should go to uh, Indianapolis and that Wentz is a reserve quarterback somewhere. <laughs> They're making a lot of money to be reserves. Yeah, but they sure are. Uh, see, I like Jimmy Garoppolo, and I, I agree he's made some bad throws at big times. But he's won so many games. He's like 20 games over 500 on his career, and he's won a bunch of playoff games, too. How can you not like a guy like that? I don't know. It's hard for me to understand. I can tell you that. I'd take him here in Pittsburgh, that's for sure, with yeah. Ben having retired. Yeah. And by the way, Nate, I, gotta, I hate to correct you, Ali Marpet retired Tampa Bay. Oh, Mar Tampa Bay? Really? Okay. Yep, I looked it up. It's a new okay. development, so. All right. Well, I should have known so. he was smarter. Never, never arguing with a legitimate sports writer.
I am anything but smarter. Uh, now, speaking of Ben, should Ben Roethlisberger be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes, absolutely. Do you think, do you think he will be, though, retiring yeah, the same absolutely. year as Brady? They'll put them yeah. both in on the first ballot. Yep. Well, I hope you're right. That would be a heck of a day at Canton, wouldn't it? Why not? Why not? I agree. Do you think of Ben in that very top class? Because I do. I certainly do, yeah. I don't think of him as, as any more than Tom Brady, but he won two Super Bowls. What are you talking about? I mean, oh, and, and hey. his, I mean, and his numbers, I mean, what a career he's had. God damn. Oh, you don't have to convince me. No one's been a bigger supporter of numbers. And, 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 and one franchise all those years? Hell yes. Well, here's a great stat from Ben this if year. It, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, I'd tell him, I would tell him to take his name <laughs> off the ballot forever. Well, here's a great stat from Ben. And Ben didn't exactly look the part this year because he was older and he was coming off that elbow surgery a couple years back. And his numbers weren't great, but listen to this. He had six comeback game-winning drives in the fourth quarter, a career high. He knows how to win. That tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? Exactly. Two Super Bowls tells you all you need to know. You know how hard it is to win a goddamn Super Bowl? No question. No when, question. When are the Detroit Lions going to win one? Well, when are the left hand the Cowboys won one? When well, are the Vikings going to win one? Don't get me started on the Cowboys, okay? I'm not a, <laughs> well, I'm not a Cowboys. Vikings. How about the Vikings? I'm not a Cowboys fan, and I've met Jerry Jones. He's a great guy, mm -hmm. but he's a, fan, he's a fan being the general manager. You're not going to win with a fan as the general manager. Well, I tell you, I've met him too, and all I can tell you about him is he deserves to be whatever he wants to be. He's got that kind of money. So, <laughs> well, no, the money part, and you know, you know what? I do give him a lot of credit for him. All these other sports franchises all across America, all the sports, they're begging for public money to build their stadiums. Jerry Jones built his own stadium because exactly. he's got that kind of money. You got to give exactly. him a ton of credit. Exactly. Exactly. Now, who's the best team in the NBA right now? Because as we talked about off the air, LeBron and the Lakers suck. Not LeBron, the Lakers. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. I, to me, I'm, I'm really hoping. Uh, <clears throat> I've only met him one time. I really like uh, James Harden. So I'm pulling the 76ers right now. Well, I, did you see their highlights from last night? Yeah. How about, like, Harden and Embiid yeah. looked like Stockton and Malone. Only their second game. And what chemistry? It was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. And if they thought Harden's out of shape, what were we saying that? One of those dumbasses on ESPN. No, he was flying up and down the court, wasn't he? And, yeah. and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what's great, too. And Embiid said this after the game. Now they have somebody to divide the defensive pressure. And yeah, that's going to mean Embiid's everything. Embiid's having a hell of a year. Jesus. His nature, I think he's one of the top three players in the league. His only problem has been staying healthy. Embiid, yeah, but he's he's been healthy this year. He's yep. in the past, yeah. Yep, yep. If he can stay healthy, they're a contender. Where's LeBron going to play next? He says he's going to play with his kid eventually, which would be, uh, I mean, what father wouldn't want to do that? Well, I hope it's in L.A., but it could be in Cleveland. You never know. Like, and the, the nice thing about LeBron is being the greatest of all time, which I still think he is. I love Michael Jordan, but Look at the stats. He just keeps playing. I mean, he's averaging 29 points a game this year, guys. Come on. 29, what, 9 and 8 or something like that? Well, the guy who's really let them down, and he's had a great career, don't get me wrong, Nate, but Russell Westbrook isn't isn't what they need him to be. Yeah, I, I don't know him. But he's, he's not playing like he used to, for sure. And Anthony yeah. Davis. Anthony Davis yeah, he's hurt all the time. Yeah. Can't win in street clothes. 
You know who's great? You know who I'm giving a chance to in the East is Chicago with DeRozan. Yeah. Uh, he, well, I love I love Billy Donovan. Trust me. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to see that. Well, DeRozan might be the MVP. He really might be. Yeah, it could be. Could be tough to ace out Embiid right now, but Embiid's dead healthy. Can Milwaukee do it again? I mean, they've kind of been quiet. They're kind of laying in the weeds, but I love Giannis. Who doesn't? They could. I mean, the Eastern Conference to me right now is shaping up to be more competitive than, uh, yes. you know, before it was just going to be the Suns and the Warriors and uh, the Lakers. The Lakers aren't there, and the Clippers aren't playing that great. I don't know anymore. <laughs> the Eastern Conference it seems to be where all the action will be. I know I'll be watching the games. What we need to do is get you to sit down to watch a soccer game. You would fall in love with it. Who? Soccer. You've heard of it. I'm not, I'm not aware of that. Wait, get that, 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 that's not Liverpool. Get that picture down, Steve. Shame on you. Soccer, please. You, soccer, the most popular. I like sport. soccer, I know. You're a liar. You've never watched a game. In your I life. actually have. I, when Messi's playing or when Ronaldo's playing, I do watch. Absolutely. You got to watch well, Liverpool. Football. I used to, I used to watch when Beckham was playing. Yeah, Beckham was a hell of a player. What a star, yeah. too. Yeah. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean right now. And just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Now, your birthday was the 45th anniversary of the release of the movie Slapshot, the hockey movie. You must have loved Slapshot, Nate. That's usually what hockey should be. Yeah, I loved it. When did you first see it? Back when? God, what, 20 years ago, right? Oh, that! Oh no, it's forty-five years ago. You didn't see it till till that late, huh? I don't. I don't cause you got to remember, I was never watching TV back then. Yeah, good point. But traveling, uh, traveling every day. You know, Paul Newman did almost all his own hockey in that movie. I didn't know that. No, that's amazing. And Mike Michael Lonkin that played Ned Braden, mm-hmm. he 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 was his character. He was an all-American hockey player. Wow. And he was an actor too. I mean, they didn't just bring him in. But I know the Hanson brothers really well. The two Carlsons and, sure. and Dave Hanson. Great guys. Dave lives in Pittsburgh now. We had him on the show. I think that's not only one of the, I think it's the best hockey movie ever. I think it's one of the funniest movies ever, period. Oh, thank you. 
We got some tweets from the fans, Nate. Uh, here's one from Matt. Uh, when did Rick find out Crockett would present him with the new world heavyweight title belt, and did you have any say in the design? I guess that's referring to Big Gold. Uh, how did that switch take place, and did you have a say? He brought it to me in Orlando. I, I had no say. It was a surprise, total surprise. Is that your favorite belt, Big Gold? Yes. What makes it your favorite? Just the... Well, actually, I, I can't say that. The NWA belt, which I'm desperately trying to recover from the WWE for not cooperating, um, would, would be my favorite belt, but that would be number two. That's the Harley belt, right? The one with the flags on it. Yeah, the Harley, the Jack Briscoe, the Terry Funk, um, Dusty Rose. I mean, that belt got a lot of... Got a lot of great memories, a lot of hard work. Now, here's one from David. Who would you choose as a partner for a present-day run at the tag titles in WWE and in AEW? Uh, if you were in your prime, who would you want to form a tag team with today? Of the, of the rosters on their show? And either show, WWE or AEW. Well, I was in AEW, I'd want to tag up with MJF. That'd be a pretty good tag team. Yeah. Pretty good talkers. AEW, I'd want to take up with Orton. I mean, you, uh, WWE, I'd want to take up with Orton. You tagged with Orton a few times, correct? Yeah, but I was old then. You asked me my prime. There you go. Yeah. They couldn't, now, follow, they, they couldn't follow that around. Oh, my God, no. Now, here's one from Ryan. Did Rick ever think that Lex Luger could have carried the torch in the late 80s? That's a decent question, Rick. Could Luger have been the guy? No. Why do you say that? It'd be too much work to put on our shoulders with, with so little experience. Do you think you could have I, I couldn't carry it the first time I got it. And I'd been in the business for 10 years, or I've been in the business for nine years. Do you think he could have done it later in his career? The NWA belt? Any no. belt. No world belt. Okay, so. Oh, oh, oh no, I mean, you were asking me about the NWA belt, weren't you? No, no, I'm asking about if, if Luger could have been the guy in NWA or WWE later in his career, once he did have experience. He could have been the guy in WCW or okay. WWE, not NWA. Okay. Because that was different, right? Yeah. Because the travel and, and everything that went with... Well, he, he would have made the travel. What wrestling guys that have no skill for an hour is not easy. Here's one from Brandon. They, uh, they, they had limited skill, put like that. Some more limited than others. Yes. That's fair to say. <laughs> uh, Brandon tweets, thoughts on WWE seemingly ousting Triple H. Gee, has is, is Triple H been ousted, Rick? I don't, I don't know what's going on up there. I don't know. I have no idea work. either. I have no idea either. He and I were incredibly close, and now I never hear from him, so I don't know. Here's one from Boone. I want to know his take and the rest of the boys in the NBA's response to Vince purchasing the TBS time slot on TBS, which had been Georgia Championship Wrestling, was there any fear or anger through the NWA? Uh, that's referring to so-called Black Saturday in 1984 when Vince McMahon temporarily bought the TBS time slot out from under Georgia Championship Wrestling. That was a really big deal then, wasn't it? Yeah. What do you remember about it? Anything? I remember Ole Anderson telling everybody he was going to kick Jack Briscoe's ass. Jack Briscoe went to the... <laughs> Jack looked at me in the locker room and said, <laughs> wait till I see him. <laughs> Jack and Jerry, the, the amp bullies never kicked their ass and never kicked anybody's ass, period. He just got his ass kicked by Mulligan about three times. 
Well, that was because the Briscoes sold the stock to Vince. They were the owners, correct? Exactly. No, Princeton, not, not they owned part of it, but they both got they both got a big payday out of it. Good for them. Look at our business now. You know what? And they were tough enough to do it. They didn't give a shit. They walk in the locker room that night, nobody said a fucking word to them. Was it was it good for the business though? That, that I mean, Vince sold the slot eventually to Crockett, but but how did that affect the business at the time? I I don't I don't remember exactly. It didn't affect me because I was a I was ready to do anything I wanted to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, what it's never going to affect. Like, it probably had less of an effect than we like to romantically think. Looking back, it was a dramatic move, but. It wasn't like Crockett disappeared. It wasn't like, heck, Georgia wrestling was back on TBS in a different time slot a, a couple months later, as I recall. So really, exactly. exactly so, yeah. so really, it didn't change that much, did it? No, it, it was viewed as something that, um, an opportunity that came along. And Jack and Jerry Briscoe are tough motherfuckers, boy. They wanted to, they could, they can do what they want to do. I don't recall anybody beating them up since. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do not. Yeah, I don't either. Here's the Olive Oli, I would have beat the shit out of both of them. Yeah. Well, no, that you're you're right about that. That was never gonna happen. Uh now Bob tweets, of all the referees you worked with, Tommy Young seemed to be the most on top of his game. Do you have any good Tommy Young stories? Tommy Young is the greatest referee that ever lived. What made him that? Passion. He loved the business. And a lot of it, um, you know, people that understand it, you can find a there's been a lot of really good referees. I, I, I can name it. Like I, I really like working with Kyoto. I like working with the Hebners. I mean, there's a bunch of guys, and I, I'm not leaving anybody out. But um, with a guy when you're wrestling long matches, the referee can be a big part of the match, and I used I utilized Tommy a lot. Tommy kind of retired relatively young, didn't he? He had some neck problems, as I recall. Got he broke his neck in a match with Tommy Rich. How'd that happen? I can't remember. He hit the rope somehow hard, and it wasn't a, wasn't from us from a, taking a slam. He just somehow he hit the ropes to the turnbuckle. He fell down. Well, I think he. I think Tommy was great. You know who else I was a big fan of? Who I grew up with was uh, Mark Curtis, Brian Hildebrand. Oh yeah, Brian was good too. Very well. Passed away. I just had some really long matches with. Uh, I mean, Tommy had me and Steamboat that every night. Me and Mort and me and. Terry Allen, man, got all those hour matches. And a referee, when you're looking for shortcuts and play with the audience and trying to give them the most of entertainment you can, the referee can be a big part of that or he can be a hindrance. Here's one from Angel. Who do you think will realistically beat your 16-time world champion, Mark? Cena, Orton, anybody else? Cena's at 16 with you right now, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody going to get more? Well, I personally, I, I I hope it's Orton or Charlotte. How many does Ashley have now? Ten? No, she's 12. 12? She wins them faster than I can keep track of. She, yeah, she, I, should be, she should be 13. They took one back. I can't remember why. Well, I know. I think they took her NXT title. Oh, yeah, NXT, that's right, yeah. right. I think they took that off. Yeah. And, and finally, from Blaze, do you think Bam Bam Bigelow should be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Uh. I'm not sure how much Rick worked with Bam Bam. He was a great performer, though, especially at that size. And boy, what a great look! Yeah, I only worked with Bam Bam a couple of times. I thought 
I'm not sure. I mean, I thought he was a real good performer. I love the match with him and LT. I, I remember more for that than anything. Um, so I don't know. You know, I, I that Hall of Fame is it's, it's strange. Some years I, I can't figure out what they're doing, and then they're start, they're coming back this year with with Taker. And I don't know. Just having Taker there alone, I don't even. I wouldn't want to be the undercard. <laughs> No, if you go in when Taker goes in, they're not going to remember you, are they? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I agree, though. I, I'm a big fan of Bam Bam. I thought that match with LT was brilliant, mm -hmm. uh, given LT's limitations in terms of experience, not not physical yes. ability, certainly. But, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Bam Bam, and he's another guy that left us far too young and that we missed. Yeah. So, Nate, uh, you're 73. What do you got planned for, you, for, for this year and between now and 74? Gosh, I've got more plans now, Mark, than I've had in a long time. Everything is working working well for me right now. I'm uh, got major projects going on and NFT and um, just brand development. And I, I, I'm amazed I made that crack before is because you you'd be amazed at how difficult it is to find someone to enhance and manage your brand. I mean that's what we're all about right now, and. Uh, I've got some people that are interested in doing more work with me and stuff like that. Um, I'm lucky at the age of 73, I, I keep making new friends. And I got more texts in this year for my birthday than I got when I turned 70. So the world has pretty been good to me. And it's, the fans have been great. I'm enjoying doing this. Uh, looking forward to you and I getting back on the road again. Um, yeah, we're going to have some fun in Dallas, brother. I know couple of places to hang out there <laughs> I, I know a couple too as well nate this has been great as always and we will do it again next week let's do it Woo!